This is a time for letting go of your mobile phone, of your schedule, of your to-do list. This is a time for letting go of your grudges, your judgments or your fears. Make some room for the words you will hear, for the truth you will seek, for the love we share. This is a time for letting go and for making room to be together. So good morning everybody and welcome. Welcome to Essex Church and to this, our gathered community of Kensington Unitarians. If you're here, you're part of this community. If you've not arrived yet, you can still be part of the whole. And if you're listening to this service sometime in the future, on a podcast, please feel particularly welcomed and connected. Maybe get in touch and let us know you tuned in and when you tuned in. Because one of the messages that we're sending out to the world is that you matter as an individual and that your individual gifts, however they are expressed, help to build community in this world. We need, don't we, a sense of togetherness in this sometimes fragmented world. So today's service is part of our monthly ministry theme for November of time and transience. And I'm sure I'm not the only one to see the humour in the fact that I started late. (laughs) Um, I hope that each of us will find something to value today, something to make us think perhaps, something to remind us that we matter and that our lives and the living of them really do matter. Our chalice flame is lit, it's burning brightly and connecting us with Unitarian communities the world over, and it's reminding us to value those freedoms that we oft take for granted. Freedom to think our own thoughts and live our own lives, to love who we love and to be who we truly are. I've got just a few quick stories um, here which are really all about paying attention, and and you may well have heard some of them uh, before. There are lots of stories around about Zen Buddhism, and it takes an awful long time to become a master of Zen Buddhism. And there's there's one particular story that has always um, delighted me as somebody who rushes around. So the story is told of a a student who, after 10 years of full-time apprenticeship and study, achieved the rank of Zen teacher. And on one rainy day, he went to visit this really um, famous Zen master in another city. And when he entered the house in a, a bit of a hurry, as he often was, the master greeted him with a question. Ah, oh, did you leave your wooden clogs and the umbrella on the porch? Yes, master, he replied. Well, tell me then, said the master, did you place your umbrella to the left or the right of the clogs? And the visitor didn't know the answer of where he put his umbrella. And so that made him realise that his awareness was not yet fully developed and he needed to do another 10 years of study. I mean, it, 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 
it made me think when I read it again this week of years ago I went on a civil service management course for people who'd been in post just a few months and the trainer went round the circle and asked each of us what's the name of the person who cleans your office and some of us knew and then they went round again and they went and what's the name of your cleaner's children and it's all about paying attention isn't it to where we put our umbrellas or or the children of the person who is serving us in some way and there's another version of this story that comes from the jewish hasidic tradition um uh, it's about paying attention but well what do we pay attention to so this is about the um uh, Hasidic teacher Nachman of Bratslav and he noticed one day looking out the window he saw his student Haim rushing down the street as he always did. Um, so Rabbi Nachman opened the window and invited Haim in and because it was his teacher inviting him in he had to come in even though he was in a hurry and Nachman said to Haim have you seen the sky this morning and um, Haim said no no and, and then Rabbi Nachman said, well, have you seen the street this morning? Have you seen the street? And what did you see in the street? Well, I saw people and carts and stalls being set out, um, people coming to buy and sell. Well, said Nachman, Haim, you need to think about this because in 50 years, in 100 years, on that very street, there will be a market. Other vehicles will be bringing the merchants and they'll be bringing things to sell in the street. But I won't be here and neither will you. So I ask you, Haim, what's the good of rushing if you don't even have time to look at the sky? Now, what strikes me about this story is that Haim and his teacher, Rabbi Nachman, clearly didn't live in England in November. Because if you live in England in November, you're always looking up at the sky to check if it's about to rain, which it usually is. And those are just a few stories about paying attention. But what do we pay attention to? And I think our young people are leaving now for their own programme. And we're joining in a time of stillness and prayer. Let's take a breath and, and settle ourselves. As I call on the sustaining spirit of life and love to be with us now, the one creative spirit manifesting in so many different forms throughout our world, the one spirit the one light shining through all that exists. In a moment of stillness now, let us sense that one light shining within us or whatever metaphor appeals to you for that which connects us all with all that exists. May each of us know the blessing that lies in our ability to pay attention in life. Our ability to notice the small details. To take time to be 
rather than to do. And this day, as we consider the part that time plays in all of our lives, let us care for the busy ones, those with lists of things to do that never shrink, all those who feel pressured or pushed. May their sense of time expand that they may know the joy of freedom to be themselves and to live their lives without pressure. And let us care for all who have too much time on their hands, those who would like to be busy and for life to feel more fulfilled. That new interests might be found and comfort in memories of other times in life. Let us care for all who must wait and for whom the waiting is too long and so very uncertain. May they know an inner calm that soothes anxiety. And in a moment of quiet now, I invite you, if you wish, to seek guidance for your own issues with time. And may all who struggle with time in any way in our wider world, know the hand of friendship and support this day. For love is surely greater than any clock and any calendar. May love ease our troubles this day and all days. Amen. I'm, uh, I'm grateful to a book by somebody called Dan Falk which is called in, in Search of Time, Journeys Along a Curious Dimension, which I've been skim reading this week, as I usually do, because I don't make time to read the whole book. Um, you know, though I'm not sure, you know, if grateful is the best description for what I've experienced in skim reading this book anyway, because in truth it's left me thoroughly confused about the concept of time. Because, of course, time is both seemingly simple and remarkably mysterious and complex. Both scientists and philosophers have been pondering time, well, since time began, perhaps, or since humanity started to think about time and its passing. And, of course, our ability to think about time, it, well, it's fascinating in itself, isn't it? We have... We have the gift, or is it sometimes the curse, of memory, of thinking back to times past and what happened or what we or anyone else did or said or didn't say or didn't do. And we have a gift, or is it sometimes a curse, of, of imagination that we can project ourselves into the future and imagine that which has yet to occur. And we can also imagine the past perhaps quite wrongly, but certainly vividly, 
We could write now, couldn't we? Imagine London in Roman or Tudor times. And um, think back, I don't know, a few hundred years only, um, to this, this busy area of Kensington as a small village um, on the outskirts of the city of London. So when we think about time, we generally imagine it flowing, don't we? in one direction, unless you're a physicist, I suspect. Mm -hmm. So an event occurs in the present and then it is past and the future is ahead of us and we're moving towards it or it is moving towards us. I mean, I actually wonder how you do experience time uh, and the feeling that it is passing because it is different for each of us and it has some cultural elements. And it, somebody was trying to explain to me that some people have the future kind of behind them and I, I couldn't even imagine that. So I wonder how you would describe time and its passing. And many of us imagine time as a commodity, don't we? We speak of saving time or wasting time or making time for something that matters to us. We seek time to catch our breath. Now, we have Einstein and other scientists to thank for complicating matters, <laughs> for exploring time as another dimension in which everything is relative. There is no one truth about time. And past and future can exist simultaneously. And I think it was Einstein, and this really it makes me laugh, laugh every time I see hear it. I think it was Einstein who defined time as nature's way of keeping everything from happening all at once. <laughs> oh. So no wonder we pay such attention to the seasons and to the Earth's response to changing light levels. No wonder we use the seasons as an analogy for our own lives. And we humans, we've been observing time for a very long time. It, I still get excited about those archaeological discoveries from as far back as 30,000 years of animal bones and tusks and antlers marked with carved notches. They seem to show that people then were aware of 13 lunar cycles that occurred before the stars in the night sky repeated their movements. And then once people were living in settled farming communities, they began to map the days, the months, the years, and of course they came across the problems that happened because the lunar cycle of 13, uh, 13 lunar cycles doesn't fit perfectly with the solar cycle, and we've been struggling with this ever since, and adjustments have to be made from time to time, like leap years in the Gregorian calendar. Now, there's long been a bit of a historical myth that I have oft repeated, and I now know it not to be true. But it was true um, that back in 1752, the government here in England belatedly made the move from what was called the Julian calendar to the Gregorian calendar uh, that was then in use in much of Europe. And um, in England, we had to lose 11 days. So the myth is that everybody started to riot. <laughs> because they'd lost 11 days of their lives. 
Um, but apparently they didn't riot. But I bet people who had their birthdays somewhere between the 2nd of September and the 14th of September back in 1752, I bet they were a bit fed up. <laughs> so I mentioned the seasons just now and, and their mirroring of, and the passing of our own lives. And of course, that's something that artists have really been drawn to. Artists, poets, musicians, responding to the passing of the seasons. So I was really grateful, Margaret, that you suggested singing Foray's song, Autumn. It really is a beautifully melancholic piece. I hope you enjoy it. Moving into a meditative time now um, to uh, find a comfortable position where you'll be okay to sit for a few minutes in stillness. Um, 
maybe put down anything you don't want to hold on to or hold on to whatever you would like to hold on to. And just allow the gentle rhythm of your breathing to settle you and allow you to turn inwards. Aware as we always are of the busy city streets outside and, and the busy thoughts in our heads. And yet able to still ourselves for a while. And our words for meditation come from the, the Indian poet Rabindranath Tagore, who wrote that the butterfly counts not months but moments and has time enough. The butterfly counts not months but moments and has time enough. What would be different in our own lives if we were in the present moment, in the moments of the butterfly, rather than our busy human scheming about the months ahead and our pondering about the months that have passed? Let's stay with the butterfly, counting the moments and having time enough. And we'll join in a good few minutes of silence and that will come to an end with a chime from our bell. Well, it's, um, it's probably already clear that I'm not the best person to be talking about time and our relationship with it, because my personal relationship with time is somewhat dysfunctional, and I can't really blame time for that, because time is just doing what time does. It's, it's passing, and I don't care what Einstein says about it. I know I'm getting older. I know I'll need to buy a new calendar soon for 2020. I know that if I don't get on with this service soon and finish by noon, then you'll all be cross with me. So don't believe those physicists when they say that time is an illusion. Pa, I've got a, I've got a watch. I've got a watch and I know the truth. It's 11.41 on Sunday the 17th of November in the year 2019. Ah, oh, no, now it's... 11.42. I would like to improve my relationship with time, but it may be too late. 
I mentioned earlier the um, civil service management course I went on all those years ago when we were taught to pay attention to all the people that we worked alongside, especially those who looked after the building. On another occasion, we were sent on a time management course, and I was teased mercilessly because I was the only one who turned up late. <laughs> In truth, my work here as minister at Essex Church is the only job that I've regularly been on time for, and that's because I live on top of the church. See, my problem with time is that I have completely unrealistic ideas of how much time everything will take, and I try to cram something extra into an already busy and overcrowded schedule. So I wonder how you would describe your relationship with time. And are there sort of aspects of that relationship that you'd change if you could? Are you someone who plans ahead and arrives in good time for appointments? Yeah, I can see some of you around this room, I know. Do, do you feel wistful like Foray in his autumn song that Margaret sang for us earlier on, aware of time passing and opportunities perhaps missed? And are you particularly aware of the um, perhaps variable ways in which time seems to pass, rushing by when we're engaged with some activity that we particularly like and slowing down when we have to wait particularly when that waiting is out of our control. The traffic jam, the, the checkout queue in a supermarket, waiting for someone to email or ring. I'm, I am grateful uh, for the spiritual teachings that I've received over the years about time because they have helped me slightly improve my behaviours. Um, you know, that reminder to pay attention to the here and now, that, you know, that is a daily need for me. The only moment that there is. And then the valuing of being over doing in our driven 21st century capitalist world with our endless injunctions of fast cars, fast foods, fast tracks overtaking lanes and career ladders to climb. Priest Henri Noen reminds me helpfully that time comes in many forms. He, he describes chronos time, using the Greek word chronos time, as the time of clocks and watches and schedules, and kairos time, kairos sometimes described as the time of the spirit, the the knowing of the opportune moment in which to act, rather like that Wu Wei of, of Taoist philosophy, being patient and yet alert to the best time for action and the times for inaction, observing the flow of that which is and, and matching ourselves to that flow, being patient and accepting that quite often in life, Waiting is all that we can usefully do. I'm grateful to meditation teachers like Jack Cornfield, whose quotation, it's rather a brusque quotation, I thought, um, that's on the front of today's order of service. The trouble is, you think you have time. And, and what he was going on to say is that time sometimes has us, that um, we are less in control than we often think. 
And of course, we realise that, don't we, in life's big moments when situations turn all of a sudden and life is no longer as it was. And then all experienced is heightened and we, we experience a sense of timelessness, for we are there in that moment and no other. So, my friends, I hope you have a healthier relationship with time than I do. I'm grateful that life has thrown us all together into this shared moment, and I trust that we'll all have time to sit over a cup of tea and coffee after the service and find time for conversation and good company. For doesn't that matter most of all? Amen. We walk this earth but a brief moment in time. Amid our times of suffering, however great or small, let us continue to learn how to celebrate life. Let us continue to grow in our capacity to love ourselves and each other. And let us continue to move towards the goal of a just world community. So may we go this day in a renewed spirit of peace and hope and with the wisdom to greet the week that lies ahead. Amen. Amen. Go well and blessed be.